And hello, everybody, and welcome to Strategic Insights Radio here on Business Radio X, brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. This monthly program will discuss topics related to how to succeed in business, what risks exist, and how to mitigate those risks. I'm your host, Mike Salmon. Our expert speaker on the topic is Vlad Roos. He's the CEO of Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Good morning, Vlad. Morning, Mike. Let me wax poetic about you right now. You are a serial entrepreneur. You started your first business at the age of 18. You now have four businesses ranging from 15 months of age to six years of age with revenues from $150,000 to over $5 million. I'm going to ask you for a loan as soon as this show is over. Today's topic, though, is why do businesses fail when they grow too fast? So we'll start with that, Vlad. Why do businesses fail when they grow too fast? Well, before we get into that, um, the reason that I chose this topic is because currently there's about 543,000 businesses that are opening each month in the U.S. alone. However, 400,000 of them also close each month. Uh, you know, according to Bloomberg, 8 out of 10 businesses fail within the first 18 months. I don't like those numbers. What is the percentage of that really? I mean, so that's over basically over 80% of the businesses that start are going to fail. These business entrepreneurs, these business owners, they don't go into business to fail. So what are some of the reasons these business are not succeeding? A couple of different reasons. Um, one is growing too fast. Uh, a couple of other ones are failing to track your finances, overspending, lack of reserve capital, poor choice of location, poor execution, an inadequate business plan, failing to change with the times, ineffective marketing, and a failure to understand the competition and underestimating the competition. Wow, that, that's a long list, Vlad. So let's start with the first one. Actually, we're going to focus on that one for this show. You mentioned growing too fast as a reason that companies fail. How come that's an issue? What is it that the small, business, small businesses want to do? Well, as a business, you always want to be growing and you always want to grow fast, right? That's everybody's dream. And, and fast growth always looks good, especially on paper. And, you know, having a very high growth in your sales means more money for the company. Uh, so that's great. Uh, the problem that a lot of businesses face is that they, they can't keep pace with the growth. Um, they can't fill the orders in time. So customer service basically takes a little bit of a backseat because they're trying to grow so fast. Um, and, and one of the issues, one of the reasons that happens is because if you're growing really fast, you have to be constantly hiring and training qualified staff. And you're already running your business. You're already doing everything else as an entrepreneur. And now you have to take time out of your schedule and you have to hire and train staff in order to keep your business afloat in order to provide the same customer service and the same quality of work or the same quality of product that your, com that your customers have come to expect. Um, so when you're talking about fast growth, uh, sometimes that means that also means that you might not have positive cash flow right away. Um, a lot of people think fast growth means a lot of money coming in, but it also means a lot of money going out. And because of that, companies can quickly burn through their reserves and find themselves in need of more money. And that's not always an option for companies. Um, you know, everybody needs more money. <laughs> uh, but raising my hand right now, but companies can't 
don't always have access to. Uh, banks aren't always willing to lend out capital. Getting loans can take a long time. Uh, trying to get a large loan from a bank, and it can take a year to get the loan. It's never going to be next day. So that creates an issue with spending so much money to grow so fast. Absolutely. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show some of the companies that you have owned and operated. Uh, have you ever had any issues like this with any of your businesses? Yeah. I mean, with both my companies, we've had to manage growth in different ways. Uh, so the first company that I started about five years ago is the trucking company in Chicago called Transcorp National. And the company uh, provides over-the-road, long-haul refrigerated transportation. So we deal a lot with food, fruits, vegetables uh, that we haul all over the United States. And with the trucking industry, there's a couple of things that you have to keep in mind as you're expanding your business. There's always, the trucking industry is a very low net margin industry. On average, only about 4.5% of the money coming into the company is actually profit. The rest of it goes out in insurance premiums, payroll, fuel, equipment costs. So because so much money is going out and only you're keeping only a small percentage, you always have to be mindful of your cash flow because you're talking, if you have a independent contractor that's has their own truck that's working for you, uh, typically they get about 90% of the money coming in. So you really have to be able to manage your cash flow properly. Uh, trucking industry is also an industry where most vendors pay either net 30 or net 60. So sometimes you have to wait a month or two months for the money to actually come in after you've delivered the load. And really, when we started a company, we wanted to make sure that we never ran out of money. And that meant making some sacrifices initially. Um, we, we didn't want to miss payroll because that's one of the issues that a lot of small trucking companies have. And we really didn't want to be in a situation where our employees weren't getting paid. Right. Um, and the trucking companies, the, the trucking industry, especially when we're talking about small trucking companies, it's notorious for people not getting paid, taking a long time for people to get paid. Uh, I mean, I know of companies that, that pay in three weeks. So it means that, you know, as opposed to normally somebody has a salary or has hourly wages, um, every, all the hours they work on up until Friday, they get paid on Friday for, well, imagine working up until Friday and then not getting that money for three weeks. Um, but that's just, um, some companies decided that that's how they're going to mitigate some of their cash flow issues. Uh, we decided that we didn't want to do that. And that meant some of the sacrifices we've had to make was um, always having to put more capital into the company as we grew. Uh, we had to increase our working capital. So we had sometimes that came from profits, sometimes that came from personal funds. Um, we've also had long periods of time where we've kind of taken the minimum amount of salary that we could to survive. And the rest of it went back as reinvestment into the company. 
Well, you want to keep employees happy, so you don't want to mess with their money because they say a happy employee is a productive employee. But you mentioned maybe uh, yourself as, as a business owner, sometimes not taking a salary. You say maybe taking partial salary. I've heard stories of companies where the business owners don't take any salary for, for an extended period of time. Yeah, and that happens. Um, and a lot of businesses, when they start, the business owner really is not making any money. And they're the ones doing everything, but they're not making any money because the idea is that in the future, at one point, you're going to be making a lot more money, which is going to compensate. And um, a lot of people are able to do that because um, they probably have a, a spouse or another way of supporting themselves and a secondary uh, stream of income, uh, which is all something that banks look at as well. So when you're starting a business, especially if it's a new business uh, or a startup, a bank is going to look at things like a secondary source of income. So they're going to look at, okay, if this business doesn't fail, can you still survive and can you still pay back the loan? And that's, um, that's one way of, again, one way of mitigating that cash flow. So just uh, having another source of income that provides for your living and another, your business, which is basically your, when you're not taking a salary, salary really what it means is that you're reinvesting all the money you would be making back into the business to grow the business. Right. We're, this is a Strategic Insights Radio on Business Radio X, brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Our expert speaker is Vlad Roos, CEO of Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. And we're talking about why do businesses fail when they grow too fast? So you talked about your trucking company and some of the challenges you have there. What about Sterling Rose Consulting Corp., your consulting firm that you run now? Have you had any similar issues with this company? We've had some similar issues. We've had some different issues. Um, Sterling Rose uh, has only been around for about 15 months. We really only started promoting it heavily uh, in uh, June of 2014. And really what the difference being is that a consulting business, initially at least, until you start having a lot of employees, it's a very low overhead, very high margin business. And you can grow very quickly. Um, the issue with the growth that we've faced at for Sterling Rose has been that um, because we're a consulting business, we're 100% labor, so we're not selling products, we're not we're providing documents that we're creating, we're providing consulting hours. So there's only a we have a very limited supply of expertise to go around, and so we've always been running at 100% capacity. And because of that, we were running at 100% capacity, but we're growing really fast. So we have to expand our labor base. So we have to hire more employees. And so we're constantly hiring and training employees. We fired over 11 employees in the last seven months of running the company. And so we have to, while we're still working probably 80 hours a week, <laughs> take time and hire employees and train employees. And that's a process. I mean, as anybody that works in HR can tell you, I mean, that's why companies have HR departments because hiring and training employees is a full-time job and you have to, you know, you're a startup, so you can't hire somebody that already knows everything because you can't afford that person. Right. So you have to hire the person that you can afford that, uh, you have to find the potential there to be able to train them and be able to get them into the position where they can start being a productive member of the company. Um, another issue 
recently that we've been facing as, as we're trying to move into a bigger office. Uh, and I think a lot of companies um, can uh, get into the same situation is uh, a lot of the uh, vendors that we talk to, a lot of the commercial real estate agents, commercial leasing uh, pr uh, companies, they all would like a three-year contract. When you're a company that's growing very quickly, in three years, we can estimate how big we're going to get, but we can't afford that office until we get there. Right. So the office we can afford today, can we can reasonably, reasonably project that it will be good enough for us for 12 months. But past that, we probably need a bigger space. And if you're stuck in a three-year lease agreement, it can be very costly to get out of it. Um, so, I mean, there's trying to get out of it. You're facing litigation issues. You might be facing, uh, you know, a lot of these companies have ways of tracking uh, who pays their bill, who doesn't pay their bill, who's breaking their contract. Um, because a lot, when you're a startup, you're also signing a personal guarantee on it as well. So now you could be facing with, uh, you know, a lien on one of your prop, you know, your house, your car, et cetera. Uh, or gets reported to your personal credit, which when you're a small business, everything you try to do, get a lease, get a loan, get a, anything, they pull your personal credit along with the business credit. Uh, there's just no way around doing that because when you're a small company, even if you're a larger company, but when you're within the first two years, there's no history for the company uh, for anybody to base a credit decision on. So they have to look at the personal credit of well, who's actually running the company? Who's the person that's making the decisions that's going to be the, the one responsible if something doesn't work out right? So there's a lot of risks involved with that. So you have to make sure that you can mitigate those risks, make sure you can uh, find a way of addressing those issues. You mentioned mitigating these risks. Other than having a crystal ball, I'm not sure how you do it, but that's why you're the expert. How do you or other small business owners, even large business owners, mitigate some of these many risks that you just went through? So there's a different ways of doing it, um, depending on the industry, depending on your company, the stage, how many employees you have. A couple of, I guess, sound business practices that uh, can apply across the board. Uh, you have to set realistic goals. Sometimes business owners get into the habit of overestimating their growth. Uh, they've had tremendous growth in the past and they think it's going to continue, uh, which sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. So you have to make sure you set realistic goals and you have to make sure you understand what it's going to take in order to achieve those goals. Um, part of that is understanding your finances and paying strict attention to your finances. Uh, you have to make sure you record all the money coming in and out of the company so you can have a sound financial view of what's going on and be able to really project going forward what you can reasonably expect. So you can say, okay, well, if we, in the past, our payroll, our, uh, payroll has been 20% of our revenue, well, if our revenue doubles, we can expect our payroll is going to go up as well. And we can reasonably assume it can be by a similar rate. So you don't want to just say, well, we're going to do double the revenue, but with the same amount of employees, 
if you're currently running at capacity and everybody's got a full-time job, uh, because that's just, it's not realistic. And, um, you know, when you're starting out, a lot of these can be addressed through working with a business consultant, working with a business coach. Uh, there's a couple of great, um, depending how much help you need, there's a couple of great free resources uh, like DASBDC and SCORE that can be really uh, beneficial for business owners um, to really have somebody there that can help them along the way. Uh, but one thing I always recommend when you're working with a business consultant, business coach, lawyer, CPA, et cetera. Uh, and one thing that I always, as a consultant, um, I still tell everybody is that in the end, your business is, is your business and it's your money in it. So, uh, when you're talking with a lawyer and you're talking with a CPA, those are people that should be giving you advice, not telling you what to do. And basically you have to be the one that's making the decision. Because the moment that a consultant or a lawyer or somebody, a third party outside your company is making strategic decisions for your company, typically is uh, about the start of your downfall, <laughs> in my opinion. That, that's, a, that's a great point. I never thought about that, but that, that's a great point. I mean, you know, they, they're, they're, they're just trying to point you in the right direction. But, I mean, you can say if that doesn't feel right, you tell them really what you think. Because, as you say, it's your money in the company. Exactly. So um, you have to make sure that you have enough and that um, the advice you're getting is advice. Uh, you, don't, you, know, you never want to pass um, that decision off 100%. Uh, they're great resources, and that's what they should be. And that's what I tell all my clients as well. Um, and then with talking about you know, being your money in the company, that's another thing you have to make sure as you're growing fast, um, you have to have enough reserve cash to get you through the tough times and any seasonality that might show up in your company. So when you're talking a business where you know you might have four months where, you know, if you're se selling scuba diving equipment, you're not going to make any sales in the winter unless you're in Miami. So, or the majority of them is, are not going to be in the winter. You might make some, but not, you know, that's not where you're going to be making your money. So you have to make sure that you stock up for the season. Cause I think that, you know, when you're dealing with seasonality, some, that's some, an issue that some companies have, they know the season starting, but they don't have, they still don't have enough uh, product to make those sales and take advantage of that. So you have to make sure you prepare for the season and you have to make sure you prepare for the off season and preparing for the off season means knowing that you're going to have less capital. You're going to have less money coming in and less sales. And Vlad, you're talking about these risks when you're, for, for the most part, a, a brand new company. How important, though, as far as competition, how important is it for, for you to know what your competition is out there? Well, so these risks are both for companies that have been in business for a while and new companies. So they apply to both in the same, in the same way. Um, really for the other thing is competition. You have to understand your competition and you have to understand your customers. I think those two kind of play hand in hand. You have to understand your market, your competition and your customers. Um, you have to understand how many similar businesses are there in your area. Um, when you're talking about competition, you have to take into account the customer and uh, look from the customer's perspective. 
you know, what are the, if they have that need that needs to be filled, whatever it happens to be, what are their options or in their mind, what are their options? And you have to make sure that your business is one of those options. Um, now, depending on your strategy, you might, you know, that's where marketing comes into play. Uh, but you have to make sure that at least customers can access your business. Uh, you know, if you're retail, you have to make sure you're at least in, in a foot traffic area that is going to get, if that's your strategy to make sales through foot traffic, you have to be in a high foot traffic area. Um, and you have to know how to differentiate yourself from your competition. And that's where marketing comes into play. You have to be able to do that and understand, you know, what the customer is looking for, what the customer's perception is of your company. You have to know where to advertise, where to promote. Um, cause you can't, you know, if you're, I, I guess one great example I've heard is, uh, you know, somebody says, you know, well, my customers ever, you know, anybody can be my customer. I hear that all the time. Well, I mean, <laughs> okay, great. So put out a Super Bowl ad, right? You want to reach the <laughs> most amount of people you can put out a Super Bowl ad. Can you afford a Super Bowl ad? No. So then you have to, you know, look at, uh, where your customers are, what your customers can do and break that down and target your marketing. Cause that's how you're going to be successful. And that's, uh, I mean, that's even taking a page out of what the big companies are doing. I mean, look at Google and their whole new model is, uh, centered around geographical locations. So now when you're searching on your phone for a radio studio, or you're searching on your phone for a restaurant or you're searching on your phone for, uh, I guess the restaurant's a bad example, but um, for any sort of service or product, the first first thing that's going to come up in your Google search is your local companies, not necessarily the biggest company out there doing the most amount of SEO that's got the number one Google listing overall, or they might have had the number one Google listing overall. If there's other companies that are in your local market, in your local geographical market that are doing some kind of SEO that at least Google's picking them up and they might be the one or two companies that are in that market, um, that's going to show up now on your search results. So that's very important to keep, um, make sure that your company is accessible, that you can reach your, your customers or that when your customers are searching for a company to fulfill their need, that you're one of those companies that are with in that list. They can't, they can't buy your product or use your service if they can't find you in the first place. Correct. And, um, a lot of these, um, you know, we have to, um, a lot of the marketing and the operations we have, uh, a company has to set up different processes and they have to set up internal controls to monitor them. Uh, if you have somebody that's doing social media, if you have somebody that's doing marketing, you have to make sure that they're doing what they should be doing. And that goes for employees as well, uh, for any employee. So that's another thing that you have to make sure you, you develop and keep track of. Um, and the last thing I wanted to touch on was, um, really a lot of these, and th this is the reason that I got into this business. And I've been asked this question, uh, by a few people in the last month is, well, you had, all these successful companies, why start writing business plans? And, um, really the reason has been is because I've seen the struggle that a lot of business owners have with these issues. 
not just seen it, Vlad, but you've and I've, experienced it. I've experienced it myself, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and being that I've owned the businesses since I've been 18, I've always been around business owners. I've always talked to business owners, um, you know, been part of uh, business groups. And so I've, I've seen and I've experienced these issues that everybody has. And I've seen the way that um, I saw, you know, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur. So I saw a need in the marketplace for a company that can provide the business consulting along with the business plans to help uh, companies at any stage accomplish uh, a new need. You know, if, if they're a new company and they need to get a loan, banks ask for a business plan. If they're a newer company and they need to, they're renting out a huge space, leasing company asks for a business plan. Um, if they're an established company and they're launching a new product, um, I mean, I've worked with companies with departments that are going up to the board. So they're going, you know, you have one, a small team that has to go up to the board and ask for millions of dollars for a new project. And even in those situations, the board of large companies will ask for a business plan for the project from the department. So a business plan is not just a document you create uh, to necessarily uh, you know, hand to somebody and forget about it. It's a document that in the process of creating it, you have to ask yourself all the hard questions. You have to ask your team and you have to ask you know, what you're doing, what your strategy is. And, and really, when you're forced to put it on paper or at least forced to think about it and have it on paper, it becomes a lot more concrete and becomes something that everybody can get behind. So that really is why I like doing the consulting. I like working with businesses and I've seen a lot of them succeed. And, um, I've always, uh, taken great pleasure in seeing other businesses succeed. I've never been in a situation where I'm envious of another person's success. And, um, so I guess that was kind of a, a natural thing for me to, uh, to get into. And, uh, like I said, being an entrepreneur, I saw a need in the market and decided to go ahead and, um, capture it and, uh, started Sterling Rose. And that's why Sterling Rose Consulting Corp is doing so well and, and growing so fast, but not too fast, because as you talked about, you're mitigating a lot of these risks by, by, by the examples that you've, uh, you've explained today. The name of this show is Strategic Insights Radio, brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. And our expert speaker on the, uh, is Vlad Ruse, CEO of Sterling Rose. And we've been talking about why businesses fail when they grow too fast, something that is not happening with Sterling Rose, because Vlad's got his hand on the pulse of what's going on with his company. But a lot of interesting stuff, exciting stuff happening with your company, starting with your website. Tell us about the website and some other neat things that you have going on right now. Uh, so uh, you can find more information about this show and my company. Uh, we have our main company website, which is sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com. And then we have our dedicated radio show website, which is strategicinsightsradio.com. Uh, on both of these sites, we're going to be posting... Uh, topics we talk about. We're going to have a calendar of events uh, for both the radio show and uh, any events that we're attending, um, that we're going to be part of, that we're sponsoring, that uh, we think other businesses are going to find beneficial. Um, along with uh, free white papers and free case studies. So we're going to um, 
be posting white papers along with the radio show on the website um, so you can get more insight into the topic. We're also going to be posting case studies, which uh, further dig into um, specific um, companies and how they've mitigated the risk of growing too fast. And um, one thing that uh, we want to make sure that anybody listening, if they want to reach us, if they have comments, questions, uh, ideas about future topics, uh, maybe an issue they're struggling with right now that they like to hear explored and talked about, uh, you can use the hashtag strategic insights radio, uh, or leave a comment on our blog on our main website or the, uh, strategic insights radio.com website. Um, and then we'll be glad to maybe find an expert for you, bring them on the show and, uh, talk about the topic and dis uh, discuss the issue. Uh, additionally, um, this radio show is going to be uh, broadcast uh, live the third Thursday of every month at 1130. And later in the, the same day, uh, Sterling Rose Consulting is the patron sponsor for the Gwinnett uh, business after hours, uh, which is the sponsored by the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce. And uh, we're uh, that is at five to seven again on every third Thursday of the month at various locations throughout Gwinnett County. Correct. And you can find that information will be on our website as well as on the Gwinnett, um, chamber of commerce website. So needless to say, your Thursdays are going to be pretty busy, Vlad. Well, one of the things, too, if I can interject, is the reason that Sterling Rose has also been very successful is that you give back to the community. Not only are you involved with the chamber and, and supporting the business after hours, but you do things like this show here where you're giving out great information for business owners of, of all sizes. This is very useful information. So, uh, Vlad, appreciate your time and uh, look forward to doing it again the third Thursday of each month. We'll be broadcasting this live, so we'll talk again very uh, very soon. Thank you, Mike. All right, Vlad, this show is also available on iTunes. You can download it there on iTunes. And, of course, you can listen to the podcast anytime, 24-7, at businessradiox.com. want to thank uh, Vlad Roos, CEO of Sterling Rose Consulting Corp., for all this great information. This has been Strategic Insights Radio, brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp., and it comes to you live right here on Business Radio X. Mm -hmm.